Welcome to another episode of the Skillshot Pincast. I'm your host, Graham. I'm Kayla. And uh, this is an unnumbered podcast uh, episode as we record it because this is a vault edition. We just uh, finished recording an intro for our uh, episode 19 crosscast with Jesse Mercury and Kayla said, you know, what if we just uh, tucked away another episode just uh just we've got it ready for a rainy day because Keep it in our back pockets. Exactly. Yeah. So who knows when you'll hear this? Maybe you'll hear it for episode 21 or 32 or, you know, 107. You never know. <laughs> we'll probably need to call on it before 107, but hey, Here's hoping that we don't have to. Right. So who knows when you're going to hear it, but we are recording this on January 24th, 2016. Uh, And we don't have a game for today. We don't have a specific topic. We're just kind of going to shoot from the hip and um, see how it goes. But a couple ideas that we had. Let's see. We were just talking outside. Um, It's the top of the year. So uh, for starters... Uh, Kayla and I were talking about issuing a, a challenge to each other, and we would like to encourage you all to join us. Uh, a couple years back, um, uh, Gordon and Brad started a 100-game pinball match, and uh, they did an interview with math professor Luke. If you uh, if you go to skill-shop.com, you can read all of the breakdowns uh, uh, with how they how they kept track of this. So so we encourage you to go to skill-shot.com. Just uh, search in the upper right for 100 pinball game, like right out the, or not right out, but exactly, numerically, 100 pinball game equation. And that episode, that uh, article will pop up. Uh, but effectively, the idea is that Kayla and I will play 100 matches against each other uh, this year and uh, just keep tabs on the winner <laughs> but there there are some breakdowns uh, number wise like uh it, it looks like an algebra equation i'm not going to try to get into it because i'm going to mess <laughs> it up but uh but it, this also popped up another an I- idea in our head you know like pinball is a sport mm-hmm. uh we treat it like a sport we have tournaments we have competitive rankings and uh you know we we like to play with other people it's more fun to compete so mm-hmm. and we we have scores we have uh, the whole the whole shebang, uh, but we don't really have too many pinball statistics that we deal with. Right. Um, so we're just gonna try to come up with some pinball statistics. Uh, yeah. So uh, one one that I thought of while we were taking a break and talking about this was um, like skill shot batting average. Uh, what percentage of the time do you get a skill shot when it's available? Mm-hmm. So um that would be a fun one to start trying to calculate. Maybe we can try doing that over our hundred game equation. That's that's actually what we should do. We should identify a few different pinball stats that we can... Track over time? Yes, during our 100 pinball game equation. That and sounds so good. Maybe by, by the end of the year, we can have the pinball stat uh, rundown of how we fared against each other. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so tell us one of your ideas. Um, I was thinking of like attempts at bat or like attempts at, at scoring or something like that. Like how many jackpots do you get out of how many times that you shoot at it? Which would be a little harder in games where there's... Like Attack from Mars, where there's multiple jackpots. Yeah. But something like Adam's Family, where you get one jackpot and then you have to relight it. And most people just get, like, the one jackpot and call it good and try to control their ball again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've definitely, like, shot at that ramp or train wreck so many times and missed, just Mm -hmm. biffed it. Um, Like, yeah, your, your shot accuracy, I guess, is what I'm getting at, maybe. 
Yeah, and one of the hard things about this stat is that uh, unless you've got somebody paying attention the entire time or you're recording your game, yeah, Yeah. then uh, you're exactly. You also need to be calling it to to know what the shot is you're going for. Um, But uh, it could be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's that's how we get so many stats for a lot of pro sports these days. Anyways, we've got so much replay and so many like you know, all twenty two coaches tape and stuff like that, where you know. People can sit in rooms and watch them for hours and hours and track this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, maybe we could even isolate it to like left ramp accuracy or right oh, ramp yeah. accuracy or left flipper uh, accuracy. Right Post passing, dead, ba- dead bounce. Mm, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, yeah it, it could be fun, a lot of fun. Lots of different variables in pinball. Yeah, so uh, we encourage you guys to, regardless of uh, where we are in our 100-game equation, um, uh, to write in and suggest your pinball statistics to us. Uh, you know, how what many your, drinks per game? How many drinks <laughs> drinks per game? Uh, yeah, and how it, how that uh, affects your uh, score per ball, your S- <laughs> SPB, how uh, how your DPG affects your SPB. <laughs> And then there's, you know, you put the one on the top and then you've got the divisor. And anyway. Yeah, we need to get Bowen involved in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we need to go to some professionals to really break these down. Um, yeah, gosh, so many, so many possibilities. Uh, I think we're going to have to be doing some brainstorming over the next little while as we gear up to start our 100 game equation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we again, though, we encourage you guys to to pick a friend. Uh, that you go play pinball with and do your own 100-game uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and write us in and tell us how it's going, please. Skillshotpincast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about it. Um, it's funny how like quickly 100 games goes by, too. It, yeah, really quickly. Like mm-hmm. Just bang out like you know anywhere between like 2 to 10 in a night with somebody pretty right. easily. Yeah. Hmm. And Brad and Gordon inspired that because they are best friends and they play pinball all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea that I had while I was in the bathroom just uh-huh. a moment ago. On a break from work. <laughs> on a break. Um, <laughs> was, uh, um, yeah, just, just moments ago, I was thinking about uh, uh, my girlfriend Madeline. I was like, what kind of episode could we maybe lasso her into? And so this might be, I, I don't know how easily we could actually execute this. I'm going to have to run it by her when she's less stressed about school, but it's about her schooling because she is studying linguistics. Okay. And I bet we could find an approach to how like words and phrases and lexicon, you know, what pinball vernacular, uh, how it mm-hmm. affects things. Um, yeah, because I had a friend today ask if a loop and an orbit were the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, people just sometimes call them just orbits or... Sometimes they'll say, oh, you did a loop pass. Or, yeah. But yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah, it would be kind of interesting to see like where different, like, this isn't the right term for this, but regional dialects, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, do people say loops more than orbits in some mm-hmm. parts of the country or some little pinball communities? Uh, and then there's like Steve Bowden's uh, Fun With Bonus Pinball Dictionary, where he's got all sorts of like, um, just slang for pinball, um, like, like there's one called everyone out of the pool when you get a pinball or get a multi-ball and like all three balls drain at once. Like everyone out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, 
I think a good place to start for this sort of thing too would also be the pinball glossary on IPB, uh, ipdb.org. Were you aware that the guy that runs that is based in Ballard? Oh, I am aware. Yeah. Yeah. Were you not a we part should... of Skillshot uh, when we had the interview with him? I think I missed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it was really early on in my time. So it was probably just before you got involved. Because mm-hmm. um, someone suggested to, that to me to have him on the podcast. Yeah. We actually have a, that would be great. I would love yeah. to do that. We have an interview with him and Gordon mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. I don't know if I have the audio still or not, but uh, but I transcribed virtually all of that. Isn't that fun? Oh, yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> I love doing band interviews where I spend ten hour, an hour interviewing the band and 10 hours transcribing it. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, that would be great. Uh, another great episode idea. Yeah. I guess this is also an episode brainstorming uh, episode. Well, that was a weird noise, but I don't cool. think you guys heard it. Uh, I if just you had, didn't, you missed out. Mm-hmm. I just had a personal <laughs> reminder pop up on my computer. What is it for? You'll never know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, today I, so on, like earlier this week, I played a tournament at Olaf's and met a guy there that was like, oh, this is my first pinball tournament ever. I just started playing pinball last night. And I was like, yeah, get a load of this guy. What a hustler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ringer. I've never played pinball before. Hmm, uh, yeah. I'm going to take all your money. Last night. Right. And, uh, and we had a game together on Stern Trek and he put, he put up a good score. Like he made it, um, to round five when I knocked him out mm-hmm. and, put up like 12 or 13 million on star trek and i you know unfortunately for him put up like 68 million <laughs> but um he was just like wow you just like spanked me i don't that's amazing and, and he got a hold of me a few days later and it's like would you mind just like kind of showing me the ropes and like teaching me about pinball it's like oh yeah sure <laughs> and just two weeks prior to that i taught my 70 year old aunt how to play pinball and it's it's a fun challenge yeah because I remember when I was really getting seriously into pinball and I would run into friends at Shorty's because they just like to drink there. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, do you want to play a game together? And they'd say, sure. And then I would run away with a game and beat them by a lot over and over again. They're like, I'm going to go back to drinking at the bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I understand. It's not fun to get beat all the time. No. But that's why I got better at pinball. <laughs> exactly. It's it's way more fun when you're winning those games. Yeah. And, well, and cheaper. <laughs> yes. Also much cheaper. And I've said this before, and I'll just say it again, because every time it comes up, I think about this. Uh, pinball is such a more efficient game for uh, mm-hmm. for good gameplay than, say... Pool. Exactly. Yeah. Because the better you are at pool, the shorter your games are. <laughs> and the better you are at pinball, the longer your games are, yeah. and the further your money goes. Yeah, I mean, even today cool we players get on it. Yeah, <laughs> we played uh, Adam's family, and every single time we, I put in fifty cents, and I got six replays out of it. Hmm. I didn't pay for another game of Adam's family. To, it was to the point where I was like, "You can go ahead and take that credit. I'm going to go outside and smoke." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you get really, really good at it and consistent, then you can run on fifty cents for a long while. Absolutely, it's a great poor man's game that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I also love that the success breeds generosity like that because yeah. suddenly you're popping replays and you don't know what to do with all of these credits and so you just spread the wealth. Yeah, for sure. And we found, like, we were playing Hardbody and uh, he's like, oh, there's uh, two credits on Turtles. And I was like, we could play Turtles if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is it not fun? I was like, it's a real cool IP. You know? <laughs> um, everyone loves Ninja Turtles. It's awesome. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, did you look at it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, the artwork's cool, but check out those shots. Not that fun, right? No. 
Oh, you're right. And we played it and we both got replays because the other fun thing about Ninja Turtles is that there's no auto launch on the balls. So once you start a multi-ball, they kick out of the trough and they will just sit there until you plunge them. Mm. So you can be playing a one ball multi-ball with two in the trough forever and not have to worry about it. So we're just hitting jackpots, jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. Oh, well, wait, that's ridiculous. I lost the ball. I'm going to plunge one of the other ones that are in the trough. So, <laughs> that's why it's not in tournament play. <laughs> that's that's very reasonable. But it's a great tip to know if you haven't yeah. played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you want to if save like those to balls. Work on your sewer accuracy. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Teaching people how to play pinball for the first time is is really rewarding on a number of levels because I don't know if they're anything like I was when I was a kid. Like most people don't realize how much skill you can apply yeah. to the game at so many levels like what you know when you get to uh good flipper patients like that changes the game and changes how mm-hmm. you address that you know center drain there and then those people like that kind of get the one-on-one ropes like might be draining them through the out lanes and uh think well there's nothing i can do about that but then you teach them well you can you, yeah. yeah it's just uh, nudging the game and people always wonder like is that allowed the play field's your oyster man yeah that's right you are not held to just addressing the game with this you know launch uh plunger and button button there we go (laughs) i wanted to say launch button but i was like that's not what most games are yes the plunger and the launch button or the flippers you're not just you're not just the buttons on the game and the plunger you You... are more than the mechanics of the machine exactly this is a physical game and it will respond to you and there's a reason why tilt mechanisms are there and there's a reason why they're Mm -hmm. not all turn super super high like yeah. sometimes they are when you're playing at john john's on kayla's birthday um yeah and yeah so- put a pack of tissues next to those machines that they are sensitive <laughs> <laughs> well done uh, yeah for sure God, i can't come back from that uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah so you know like learning how to nudge well is such a fun new way to approach the game. Yeah. And I love opening people's eyes to that. Um, one of the first things I always tell people is because most people have the Im- instinct to just hit buttons. Flap, flap, flap. Exactly. This and is not your Flappy Bird game. No, no. no. Um, you are going to be rewarded for your patience. And mm-hmm. I love teaching people that, you know, because yeah, like, that I've was a revelation told- for me. Yeah, I'm like, slow your roll, dog. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, People with their flapping, that means so much of the time that both flippers are up at the same time. Which means that that drain potential is larger. It is. And it's uh, it, that I think seems really counterintuitive to people when you first tell them that. So what the way I pointed out, and it's always nice because you have the visual there in front of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ideally, everybody listening to this already knows this. But um, it's about angles, mm-hmm. really. Because when you bring those flippers up, even though the hole might be the same size, technically... Mm-hmm. Um, if if the ball's coming at a strange angle, um, you just opened up the possibilities for those angles, even if the hole itself is technically the same size. Um, when, you might what, just be opening the door for the pinball to le- bounce you know, out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and also keeping those flippers down once you've used them because people love to... Yep. Uh, hold the button. Hit and hold, yeah, and watch where the ball is going to yeah. go. And if it hits, if it doesn't go where you want it to go and it ricochets right back down, you're you're leaving that trap door open again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so critical to just like teach yourself to, to use one flipper at a time unless absolutely necessary. And usually even then it's not at the exact same time you're doing kind of a to dump like the left, right or the right, left to try to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a big thing. Well, back it... to our sports to not, or sports comparison. Mm-hmm. It's like the harder part, hard part of pinball is that you're playing both offense and defense at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like you're constantly battling those. So like sometimes for a while I was like, Oh, how did I make that shot? Where did I hit from that made that shot over and over again? But then another important part of that is how did you drain? Why did you drain? What happened? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of mistakes are you making? How far ahead can you think? Yeah. Performing and perfecting uh, technique is huge mm-hmm. with pinball. Um, I, I wish that there were more like techniques named after people, you know, so we yeah. could just refer to like them. Like the shats? The Schatz? Do you know the Schatz? No. Oh, it's uh, named after Neil Schatz. I think he's out of California. Um, but it's when you kind of tip your ball up the in lane and then around the slingshot back to the bumper. You're basically just like working those uh, slingshot or the uh, in lane switches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like back and forth on those. That's called Schatzing. Oh. So. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Thank you, Kayla. Or there's another term called getting belcedoed by Jim Belcedo. And that's being just one person, you're at the bubble on a tournament. Like, you just one person away. And, like, that Chris Chin that just happened to him at Indisc, like, at 11.55, five minutes before qualifying ended, he was in the finals. He was in the, the top 24. Mm. And then someone played one game and knocked him down the, enough points to get him out, and they oh, got in. Man. That's brutal. Can you think of any that are named after people? No, not off the top of my head. Um, although I will say that I love that this this isn't quite in the same vein, but um, this is the thought that it inspired. Sure. Um, I, I love that there are little pieces of pinball history that have actually kind of uh, seeped its way into the, the larger pop culture consciousness. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, thank you, hat tip to Drunk History, uh, because this is... I didn't get to watch that. Oh, yeah. Is it good? Uh, it, it is good. It is fun. Um, what we're referring to is Roger Sharp on Drunk History. Yeah, uh, and the whole, you know, pinball uh, legalization <laughs> effort, yeah, I guess, in the, the 70s. Ruth shot. Yeah, exactly. The, in, in the New York uh, State Supreme Court. This is also a fantastic episode that we should do sometime, yeah. just a history of pinball. We did our history of skill shot episode in episode 10. Um, but For uh, those of you interested in the interim, you can read my article on Razor Cake issue number 85. I do One Punk's Guide to Pinball, and I do a brief history of... Wonderful. Yes, I remember reading those. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that excellent, excellent. You, sh- you guys should check out that article. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, it's drunk history, uh, fun show. Uh, get get a comedians drunk and make them tell a uh, a, a story about a notable event or individual in history uh, as they're getting drunker and drunker, and then they use that. Uh, they use that. Uh, dialogue to narrate uh, as well as provide the actual dialogue for <laughs> characters like that are recreated usually by celebrities. So there are some awesome ones. Tesla will always be my favorite one. The Nikola oh, yeah. Tesla one is amazing. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen oh, any of it. Oh, Kayla. Oh, we might watch that after this. Okay. It's so good, man. It's so good. Who plays Tesla? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Graham can't even say he's too aside too himself. Oh, I'm a, I, am, am I crazy? Is it John C. Riley? I oh, think that it might good. be. Uh, also a pinball fan. Yeah, that's we right. We should get him on the show. Oh, we should. There's cool. another bucket list. Yeah. Uh, another, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
John C. Riley is Nikola Tesla, <laughs> and Thomas Edison is played by Crispin Glover. Oh my goodness! It's Are you am- serious? It's amazing. Oh, one of my friends went on a date with Crispin Glover once. Shut up! I'm not kidding. That is crazy. Yes, who goes on crazy. dates with Crispin Glover? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in like the late 2000s, uh, or I guess late aughts? Uh, I hate calling them aughts. I, I know, really but... Know, but it's what they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, when he was doing that documentary about Down syndrome, do you remember that? Mm-mm. Okay, so Crispin Glover was working on a documentary about Down syndrome, Ooh. and it had a strange title. I can't remember what it was, but this no. is back in the day of... <laughs> right. This is back in the day of MySpace, and my friend Nikki that I worked with at Hustler Hollywood in LA for Larry Flint... She got on MySpace. She went to see the, the movie with our friend Amy that worked with us as well. And she got on MySpace and she said, your movie was okay. There were parts of it that I didn't agree with and I didn't enjoy. And these were them. And he said, would you like to get together for tea and talk about it? Huh. Yeah. And like legit was Crispin Glover. And she's like, yeah, sure. And she came into work the next day and told me, I was like, you're going to hang out with Crispin Glover. Like you're going to hang out with Marty McFly. Or sorry. Uh, uh, George McFly. George McFly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marty McFly's dad is what I meant to say. <laughs> And so she went over and they, she, he picked her up from work. Oh my God. They, he took her to his house. What was LA. he driving? Was he driving a hearse? No. <laughs> okay. It was like kind of a slick sports car. Okay. Um, and took her to his house and they had tea and they like read tea leaves to each other. Like, oh, this is what this means. So it was like super out there. And she's kind of a hippy dippy kind of girl too. Woo woo. Yeah. Um, but she's like, I just think he's hot. I just kind of want to sleep with him. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. More power she, to you. She like put the moves on and he did like a fucking Georgia Fly thing where he was like, ah, oh, oh, so I, uh, I've got this thing going on with uh, another lady and uh, uh, I just don't, uh, no. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well, good for you, Crispin Glover, for yeah. being forthright with your yeah. relationship at the time. And good for you, Nikki Evans, for trying. Yeah. <laughs> applause all around. Flight applause yeah. all around. But yeah, it was, I was like... I just beside myself at how approachable he was through the internet. Oh man, that's crazy. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is that is one of the weird, beautiful side benefits. One of the many weird, beautiful side benefits of the internet, despite yeah. all of the terrible things as well. Right. Um, oh, so anyway, the reason why we're talking yeah, about this is because uh, I, I went out for drinks with uh, uh, my girlfriend and her uh, some of her coworkers um, uh, a week or two ago at the Zigzag uh, Cafe and. Pinball came up because when I'm talking to people that I don't know very well and they're wondering about what I do do and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, I don't really talk about my job because it's, you know, it's an office job and, you know, it pays the bills. I like what I do and I like my coworkers, but, you know, it's it's not too flashy and it's not necessarily what I'm passionate about. So pinball always comes up and uh, and Game of Thrones had also come up earlier, too. So that was an easy segue since we had literally just recorded earlier that Mm -hmm. week, I believe, or or just released earlier that week uh, our episode with uh, with Heather. Um, anyway, but, uh, her, her coworker cat, uh, um, what kind of cat is it? <laughs> uh, hey, uh, she, are they twins? Siamese? <laughs> man. Oh man. You are incorrigible. Um, and I am not encouraging it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've never been a dad, but I got dad jokes for days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> just, just move past it. <laughs> so hard. Oh, anyway, Kat, Kat uh, like started talking to me about pinball, and I don't know if I brought it up first or if she brought it up, but some, you know, somehow like we were talking about the history of 
pinball and how it was illegal for a while. And I said, well, there was this crazy court case uh, in New York State Supreme Court. And and she kind of like cut me off like, oh, yeah, with Roger Sharp. And uh, and I was like, she yeah. already knew about it. She huh? did already know about it. And the reason why she already knew about it was uh, because of this drunk history. Drunk history. Cool. Yeah. So so we started talking about that and, you know, said, you know, like how he was calling it out, like Babe yeah, Ruth, yeah. like I'm going to hit it there. I'm going to hit a home run then, over that wall. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that, I, do we call that a Babe Ruth? Do we call that a Roger Sharp? Like, what I is that? I think we should reappropriate call it a sharp. Yeah. Sharp the shot? Yeah. If you want to sharp the shot, you say, here's where I'm going, and then yeah, you yeah. nail it, especially if it's a game that you haven't played before. Right. Yeah, yeah which is what they did. They curveballed him on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to bring this other table that we didn't tell you about, because clearly you know how to play this one, but you know how to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. As the history of pinball at large. Uh, is is a quintessential, uh, at least for the American end of it, it's a quintessential American story. So I, I think it would be great if we, yeah, do a history of pinball episode sometime in the future. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there's a parallel universe where he didn't make that shot, and it was it just came down to that, and like our lives would be so much different. That's yeah. right. I never think of it like that, yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. Just what if he buckled under the pressure and yeah. just couldn't do it? Wowza, we would not be here today. No. <laughs> Thank you, Roger Sharp, for making that <laughs> shot. But yeah, Coast to Coast Pinball, um, the podcast there, they do a segment with Zach Sharp called Sharpshooting because um, his sons are super into pinball and grew up with it. And this is an interesting thing that I heard on another podcast recently uh, where I think it was the This Flippin' Podcast with um, Tommy and um, Taylor. And they were saying like, you know, I've only been playing, Tommy's saying he's, he's been playing for like four or five years or something. But mm. he's thinking about like Zach Sharp, who's only three or four years older than him but he's been playing his entire life mm. it's like wow you got so much more experience on under your belt than i do so get your kids hooked to early mm-hmm. yeah get them get them moving oh my goodness i i i just couldn't help myself and i just googled the uh the score of the nfc championship game going <laughs> on i can't help myself is it uh, in the cardinals What's that? Is it in the Cardinals for them? It is not in the Cardinals for the Cardinals, no. <laughs> uh, they are getting their butts kicked. Uh, it is there. There are five minutes left of the fourth quarter, it, and it's 42 to 15 for the Panthers. Is it a cat and bird game? It is a cat and bird game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're out of control. <laughs> control yourself, woman. <laughs> uh. Yeah. That's how much I know about sports. Mm, but you're nailing it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Sports talk. This has been Sports Talk. <laughs> with, with Graham and Kayla. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So we're, uh, we're, we're doing all right for our little uh, yeah. Vault Edition episode here. Um, we are almost at 30 minutes already, Kayla. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we should feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, conversation's just flowing today pretty for well, sure. so that's nice. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Mm, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I can't really think of anything right now. Oh, I guess just like we brought this up kind of with Jesse the other night um, mm. about how your friends kind of get turned off from playing pinball and when you're better than them. I guess we kind of covered that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the skill gap, I guess we could call it. Yeah. The skill gap can greatly and adversely affect uh, initiating people into the mm-hmm. uh, game of pinball. But it might be good if you are not great when you yeah. play friends that are below you. But that was fun Played with like um, hanging out with Isaac today and teaching him how to play pinball. Mm. Like we started with uh, Totan, then went to Twilight Zone, then went to Metallic or sorry, uh, Adam's Family, and which are all very similar games. Like start this mode, complete this mode, get all these things, Wizard mode, 
mm. and multi-ball probably in the interim. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you right now. He's like, no, it's cool. He's like, you know a lot about pinball. It's like, mm. <clears throat> you just start to recognize patterns. Like, they're all pretty linear games. Mm-hmm. And um, recently I just was, I mean, I'm not supposed to talk about this too much, but I have a special project where I'm designing a pinball machine for certain parties that are awesome. And it's just going to be a, a thing for fun. Um, but I sat down with my friend Travis and, like, decided what parts I wanted to include into a game and, like, what would make it fun. And we spent about – I had already sketched out a rough idea and rough play field and shots that I wanted, and he helped improve upon quite a bit of those things. Awesome. Because he's under the hood of it all the time, and he's like, well, that's a cool shot, but I could make it better. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And – just building a rule set and just like finding out what we enjoy about pinball Mm, mm -hmm. and mine is going to have this thing where like part of it you have to answer trivia questions right and that adds to your time bank and then all your modes are timed and the more answers you get right the more time you have to finish that mode so it rewards you for being accurate and intelligent (laughs) so (laughs) and if you're not intelligent you will be after (laughs) yes there we go it's a learning experience uh, as all good pinball games should mm-hmm. be. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. About, uh, you've, you and I have talked about <laughs> your your project uh, uh, to greater lengths at, at yeah. times, and I can't wait for, for it to be oh a God. more public thing so we Me can too. really dig in. Uh, I, man. My deadline is in March, so okay. it's going to come out by the summer, I hope. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Um all right. So we're we're pushing this 30 minute mark and I think we could do a little round robin of the theme where we're just trying to name Oh yeah, last pin standing. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a great idea. Oh, uh, before we do that, uh you know, I'll just mention something else in the room here since we haven't really talked about it much. Um uh I actually I think maybe I did mention it on a podcast before, but uh you know, there's uh, a movie that it was being made about uh, or has been made about uh, Robert Gagno. Uh, who is one of the top pinball players in the world and is also autistic. Uh, so very interesting story. And Robert and his family, they're all wonderful people um, based oh, out yeah. of Vancouver, B.C. So, I love you Ronnie know. and Maurizio and Kathy. They're so sweet. Yeah, they're really great. Um, and I've only met Kathy once or twice in, in person, but we're Facebook friends, and cool. I really appreciate you know seeing seeing what's going on in her life. And mm-hmm. they're just sweet, wonderful, positive people. Uh, anyway, so Wizard Mode looks awesome. Uh, so it seems like those guys did a really great job telling that story, but I, I, I can't wait to actually watch the film. By the time you're listening to this, I'm guessing that we have seen it Gosh, at I this point. So. And yeah. hopefully we've even done an episode on it already. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I contributed to the, they had a Kickstarter, uh, after they made the movie, uh, to try to, uh, kind of broadcast uh boost the the broadcast signal and uh get it to be released uh in other places so mm-hmm. I, I i kicked a some bucks their way Sweet. and uh got um a couple things got a digital package that has some uh the, some cool gifts from the movie um and Not screenshots gifts. well you know <laughs> we can talk about this we're gonna come back to circle back around <laughs> yeah. to gif and jif um but anyway the main prize that i got was a really cool um framed yeah well i framed it oh, okay nice. yeah it didn't come in a frame but it was just too nice and i want to hang it up so i it's I, super I, cool yeah it's a, a hand, it's an illustrated hand illustrated uh wizard mode poster and it's got uh a likeness of robert uh leaning over uh this this uh fake pinball machine that says wizard mode on the side with the jacket draped over his shoulders as he usually does <laughs> yeah. and the back box is uh instead of a translate like it's just got all these 
awesome, fantastical, imaginative uh, pieces like a, a robot and a, a knight, probably a black knight, yeah. and a wizard and a dragon and a fish and uh celestial uh goddess and uh angry cloud face, an angry cloud face. yeah <laughs> uh bursting forth it's a so really cool. really cool piece i'm so <laughs> glad to have it. it oh man uh hold on one second yeah i can't quite see it from here oh. it says ec salazar uh in the bottom right corner so oh salazar productions is the people that are making the movie yeah so i guess i guess uh you know one of the one of the actual filmmakers uh perhaps illustrated this That's which makes cool. it even cooler yeah. yeah so uh it's awesome to have a a, a gorgeous uh, artifact of of my contribution uh, to that, so I can't wait yeah. to hang it up here I'm in quite this room. Of it. Yeah, well, you should be. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, oh yeah. So GIF versus GIF. So here's the thing. Uh, I, a couple years ago, somebody asked the inventor of the graphical image format or whatever it stands for, uh, what uh, how he pronounces it since mm-hmm. he created it, and he said it's GIF. I get it. Hard G. Well, they oh. he says GIF, like softer. Yeah, like, yeah okay, you're, yeah, you're like, right. Um, and uh, I, I get it. Like, sure, like the adventure weighed in. That should be the end of the story. But I have a couple things to say about that. I reject that for a number of reasons. One, it should be a hard G uh, because the G stands for graphic. Uh-huh. So the only reason why he's saying that it's GIF is because his personal choice is to say GIF instead of GIF, uh, which I dislike, again, even further, because there's a peanut butter brand that already lays right. stake to that in our pop cultural you know, consciousness, or our cultural consciousness. I always add the word pop to that uh, when I don't have to sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, cultural consciousness. So, like, you know, that's just needless confusion. And also, a GIF is a gift. And I, I, everybody loves gifts. I was about to play devil's advocate with you and see, like, yeah, add a T to that, and it's gift. Yeah. Well, okay. see, I'm saying that's a good thing. It's two sides of the same coin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that a gif is so similar to gift. But because think about other acronyms. We don't, um, we don't tag on that, that pronunciation from the second consonant or a vowel in the word of like, like ATM. We don't go ATM. Because it's not, it's automatic. It's like, oh, A stands for automatic, but it's like, oh, it's a... Yeah, but I think this is the difference between, uh, I'm going to mess this up, but an acronym and a... uh, A phononym? Is that what it is? Phononym? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Let's let's do this. We've got the... There's homonyms, phononyms, acronyms. Thanks, Latin. Um, An acronym specifically, though, is is when uh, you've got initials that... uh, an abbrevi- abbreviation uh, with initials where a new word is formed. An mm-hmm. ATM is not technically an acronym because you're not going atom. Okay. It's so not it an actual to... word. It's like just like, the initials. So like slut, like the South Union Transit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> South Union Transit. Exactly. Um, so should we should we reappropriate this for pinball and call them like um, acropins? Acropins for your yeah. initials. Well, we're going to come up with our stats, and we're yeah. going to try to come up with as many acropins as possible. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, but I like when this. you put your initials in, because it's an initial thing. Yeah. Well, so. if you can pronounce it like a word, then you have an acropin in your gotcha. initials, in your <laughs> initials. Uh, but if you don't, if you've got like an just a uh, you know hard consonants yeah, all the way through, like mine's xkx. Yeah. So you don't go xkx. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's not an acropin exactly, but my pinball initials are G A K 
Gak. That yeah. is an acropin. My actual initials are KAG. Oh, so you could... Yeah. <gasps> Kayla! <laughs> we have the same initials written in different They're places. Reverse. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's what's, great. What's your second name? Uh, Arthur. Oh, I'm Allison. Allison. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Shout out to uh, uh, middle names that start with A. Cat gag. Cat gag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> oh man, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good vault edition. Um, okay, let, let's wrap it up though. Yeah, keep it short, short and sweet. Sure. Unless you have something else. I I don't think I do. Well, we were gonna do a little like last been standing if you want to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Thank okay. you. This is. Yeah. I feel like this is a, a new recurring theme for our episodes. Is like we hit a, a point where I don't see any obvious things left, and it's just because I've forgotten what we've right. already addressed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, last pin standing. Um, it's a game that I came up with. Uh, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you come up with the? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just gonna do something really like broad, like movie titles that's or, fine let's do it yeah you yeah want to? Okay. let's roll for a while on this dirty harry dirty harry uh robocop uh fuck why am i already blanking um <laughs> star trek uh <Into> darkness <laughs> <laughs> well okay star trek star trek in star general. trek yeah yeah so how about let's let's have a stipulation here then uh if it's a franchise unless there's a separate machine for it then you can't like you know can't keep naming different Star Trek games just because they're right. different. Yeah, Star Trek. Like TNG is for the show. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Getcha. And you could argue that one of the earlier ones is for a movie or whatever, but like at the same time, we're just get muddying the waters. So. Yeah. Um, there might be some distinctions that are you know related with franchises, but uh, for example, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, that's totally movie. Like I would go movie on that because Elijah Wood's face all over it. Yeah, yeah, sure, but uh, but like you know, it's part of a franchise. So I wouldn't say Hobbit. You could say the I Hobbit could. because that's a separate thing and it's a separate pin that's specifically a. Gotcha. Know, so that's our next that. round. It's your turn again. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, lethal weapon. Spider Man. Uh, the Avengers. Ooh, good. Nice mm-hmm. pull. Uh, Goldeneye. Tron. Damn, you're like out of the. Can I see Creature from Black Lagoon? I'll I'll accept it. Okay. I'll allow it. Um, the Adams Family. Oh, really? Terminator Two, Twilight Zone, Terminator Three. Oh, <laughs> you cracked the code. <laughs> um, well, I won't say Aliens because it doesn't exist yet, and Hobbit technically doesn't either. But it's so sure. it's being shipped basically almost now. Yeah, soonish. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, fine. No, I'll say Alien. Okay. Aliens. Oh, what was the one I just had in my head? Uh, fudge. Uh, da, 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 da. I got a few more. Oh, I've got um, Shadow. Uh, Back to the Future. Nice. Um, oh, Last Action Hero. Did you already? Oh that? no, I didn't. Very nice. Uh, Jurassic Park. Mm, Lost World. There we go. <laughs> um, shoot, Demolition Man. Oh, nice. Uh, goodness gracious. Hmm. I know there's so many more out there. I know, right? Oh, I almost said Family Guy. That would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, Shrek. Star Wars Episode One. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you saying Family Guy reminded me oh, of Shrek, Shrek because yeah. yeah, same exact game really. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash Gordon. Oh, nice pull. Thank you. Yeah. Goodness, uh, I have this feeling in me that I don't want to let Graham win, but I can't think of what I want to say. Now. Oh, you can do it. 
Christ. Uh-oh. Mm. You get Starting to a certain to point, and I'll out. start counting out down from 10 silently. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm going to start my 10 countdown. You can do it. Predator? Can I say that? I'll allow it. Oh, thanks. It's, it's really a nice little, of you. It's a little bit of a... I played it. It okay, existed good point. as a pin. Fair enough. Fair point. Just because it's not authorized doesn't mean that... Yeah, Yeah, it didn't exist. Fair enough. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh, jeez. I don't want Oh, those cackles. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that the listeners at home are just like, are you serious? Say this one. Say this one. Mm-hmm. They've got a million that we haven't heard. Yeah. Mm. Did you just think another one? Sure did. Uh, oh, Indiana Jones. Uh, oh, I just blanked on the uh, Austin Bowers. Any entrance in the Crystal Skull? Mm, <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, First one was Last Crusade, clearly. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, it, it was original trilogy, and then the second one yeah. came out as the legacy that incorporated the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cheating. No, no. It's, it's, I, think, I think these technically work. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on a minute. This is going to take me just... A second Dracula. Nice. Frankenstein. There we go. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah uh... you just kind of lobbed it over the plate for me. Yeah. Um, hmm, there should Ooh. be a Blade pinball game, but there's not one. There should also oh, be a Blade, Blade Runner, Runner pinball yeah, game, but there's not so one. Good. Um, Ooh. I just have two in my back now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out one that's also technically like a little dicey, but uh, Life Aquatic. Because there was a one-off made, and they're called in, Life Aquatic, but not based off. It, it is. Oh, it's, someone... it, there's a bar cool. in Italy that's like Wes Anderson themed, oh, and yeah. so they like repurposed like a previously cool. existing one. So, oh, uh, thank you very much. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, very nice. Um, what was the other one I just thought of? Oh, I got it. Hook. Uh, Twister. Oh, very nice. Damn. <laughs> I was, was thinking of Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman again. Oh, fair enough. No Hudsucker, no Hudsucker proxy game yet. Mm-mm. This should be a No Brother Where Art Thou game. That would oh, be great. Oh, so good. Or a Fargo game. It's all the all the Coen Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, The Big Lebowski. I was just uh, yes. <laughs> Damn it. yes, I talked about him too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just Evil Dead popped in my head. I was like, why was there not an oh, Evil Dead game? That would right. be cool too. That would be great. Army of Darkness game. Yeah. Mm. Chainsaw Plunger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, hmm, I might have to tap out here soon. Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a, a, a kill after 10 seconds. I think that's also... Yeah, we have to name another one to solidify the win. But I'll start a 10-second silent countdown here. Okay. So much silence, guys. I'm sorry. I've you down. <laughs> Two. Oh, Sopranos was a show. Damn it. <laughs> sure was. Yeah. Last, ahead, last moment. It. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with two more superhero ones. Two more? Yeah, why not? X-Men. I'm going to go with X-Men was one, and the other one was Iron Man. Nice. So, 
Man, All right. That was hard. I, I'm the do. victor. Yeah, that was a we we went a long time. Yeah. That was a fantastic one to go off of, yeah. especially for like a two person episode where we can yeah, mm-hmm. rattle it back and forth. Cool. Well, that brought us to 45 minutes here. Awesome. So, I think we'll wrap this up then. Um uh we'll we'll get some plugs out, but they're all going to be uh non-time sensitive plugs uh due to the nature of this episode. Uh, I'm going to say write to us at skillshoppincast at gmail.com. We always want to hear from you guys. Um, tell us about all the dumb movies that we missed on this. Yeah, uh, skillshoppincast at gmail.com. We will be embarrassed. We really will. Uh, skill-shot.com for our home on the web. Find us and like us on Facebook, Skillshot and Skillshot Pincast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Skillshot Seattle, but the E at the end of Seattle is missing there. So, um... Yeah. Um, do, Just, oh, our apps, uh, yes. iOS and Android, both have Skillshot uh, pinball list apps. Grab them. You want them for okay. all Seattleites. <laughs> Connected to the app. At the Skillshot meeting the other day, we were talking, we were throwing out the idea of a Rick Steves walking tour of pinball. Yes. So let us know if that sounds like something that'd be cool. Maybe, you know, like I was saying, oh, walk up to John John's if Sergio's working, get the best high five in City Seattle. <laughs> and then you can go over to Hillside Bar. And you can play some pretty good pinball. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> something that we thought about walking around, like talking about where you can go eat, where you can Oh, drink. yeah. Yeah. And the guided tour, audio guided yeah. tour. Yeah. Audio, the walking tour of neighborhoods and pinball. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else that we're missing? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Cool. Well, you know, subscribe uh, if you don't already. Pl- uh, introduce a friend to our episode or to our podcast, please. Play uh, your 100 game challenge. Yes, play your 100 game challenge. Find a friend to play your 100 game challenge with and a 100 game challenge with and uh, write us in, uh, write in to us rather uh, and tell us all about it. Um, yeah, we're excited to hear from you guys as always. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and thanks again for another great episode. Yeah, thanks guys. Hello. Hi, Bowen. This is Kayla. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right, good. Is this, uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to hear us? This is Graham, by the way. Hello. Sure. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, thanks for chatting with us here, winging it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to ask you first off the bat, because uh, Kayla just told me you live in Boston. Um, I, I just visited Boston at the end of January, and I was a little disappointed not to find much pinball around there. Where did I go wrong? Well, you went wrong by living in Seattle, where there's pinball everywhere. <laughs> so you, you have an un, you have an unnatural ex, ex, uh, expectation. expectation of what it's like in other cities. <laughs> Fair um, enough. There is there is very little pinball in actual Boston, in the city of Boston. Uh, but there are a number of good places in the immediate area, and the the scene in that sense has actually been getting a lot better in the last five years. Um, three three major locations that I can think of that have uh, good pinball. Um, the the one closest to Boston is uh, Flat Top Johnny's, which is a bar. Um, has uh, two two good pinball machines. You didn't uh, go there because it burned down. Oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're rebuilding it, and they're going to put the pinball machines back in. Well, did they survive the fire month. then? The, yes, the machines survived the fire. That's Wonderful. good. I think. That is a good <laughs> question. I believe the machines did survive the fire, but I think I would hear, I would hear that if, if, 
otherwise. But We've had two of those scenarios uh, in Seattle in the last couple of years, like one at Hooverville where the where the machines got completely destroyed, and one at Lucky Liquor where the machines were salvageable for sure. Oh, so it's a Hooverville. So what did you really expect? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in the way Hoovervilles are supposed to have be behaved. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that that's rough. Uh, those kinds of things are just awful. Yeah. It, whenever and wherever they happen. Unless they're full um, of the episode good ones. ones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that game's good. That game's a good earner. That game is not so terrible. People okay. hate it. I don't understand. Well, it needs it's not that bad. It needs more advocates in the world. So I'm glad you're uh, yeah. fighting the good fight with the little guy. Well, episode one um, has sort of the same within the pinball community has the same reputation. I would say as South Park. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps Stern, Stern Indiana Jones is another example. These are games that, uh, for a player who's never played pinball before, they have a really good time because they get on the game and they understand what to do, and they're able to get something active that they can see they, they had an effect on the way the game played. Um, in the case of Indiana Jones, it's the movie, it's the movie clips or uh, the magnet throwing the ball around or the, the idol opening. Uh, for, for someone who's a more advanced player, they just get bored of it very fast because there's no depth. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're lucky to have people who work in pinball who provide that depth because they don't need to do that for us. Mm -hmm. That's Most very of, true. Probably more, more players more players are the players like the Indiana Jones quality. Uh, and one of the other major locations in Boston is Lanes and Games in Cambridge, Mass. Mm -hmm. uh, has nine pinball machines, including a Game of Thrones, including a uh, an ACDC, a KISS, a, a Stern Star Trek. Their number one earning machine is Stern Indiana Jones. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was the one place I, I tracked down that was near me, but that I didn't actually make it out to. So that one's on me. Yeah, it's good. And uh, the, the operator of that place uh, took it over from a, from a relatively bad operator about five years ago now. And uh, he's just put in some fantastic machines in good condition. He gets the new stuff every time. And uh, it's just a wonderful place to play. Great maintenance, great games, and that's where one of the locations for the uh, New England Pinball League. Is that where you guys held the um, state champion series th this year? Uh, yeah, state championship has been held at that, that arcade in Massachusetts all three years. Excellent. And uh, the other the other location I, I would think of isn't even Massachusetts. It's in Pelham, New Hampshire, called Pinwiz Arcade. And I've heard good things that, about that place. That's the place that has nearly 100 pinball machines damn holy moly um, and, and you know good maintenance as good a maintenance as you could expect with 100 pinball machines right uh, <laughs> that's kind of a lot to ask of someone <laughs> but very cool i heard that you, you won the state Pantera champions and uh, genie and thin bad and very nice uh embryon on location mm -hmm. uh there's just all sorts of variety uh from 70s to, to modern and they have a uh, America's Most Haunted and Full Throttle. Oh, wow. Very hmm. nice. I'm house-sitting for a friend that has a genie in his basement right now, and I've been loving playing that. So it's very cool to hear that there's one yeah, on location. Genie, genie uh, yeah, I always lose a genie. So if you ever want to beat me, that's <laughs> well, take the genie. come on over to Seattle. I'll have win. keys to this house. <laughs> I don't dislike it. It's a fun game, but for whatever reason, I just I cannot win on that machine. Hmm. It's your Achilles heel. <laughs> my kazam yeah right <laughs> so i heard that you, so you won the state champion series in massachusetts this year right 
Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because we, we had a, a guy from uh, the Boston Globe show up and oh. run an article. Um, and a few days before, they called me and we talked for almost an hour about uh, pinball and my my history of it. And they said, well, we're going to make this article more about you than about the, the competition. Wow. Hmm. My first reaction to this is, all right, well, you better hope I don't lose. Yeah. <laughs> There's still a the very good chance that I'm not going to win this, uh, so I'm not the number one seed or anything like that. So just keep that in mind. And um, I managed to play pretty well. The article came out the day after Monday after the tournament, oh. and it was on the front page front page to the Boston Globe. That's so, it was so cool. really really surprising. Yeah, uh, to be that kind. It was a big big article, uh, and so for the last couple of weeks, I keep keep hearing from. Uh, people in the town, people in the people in the area, like hey, hey, hey I saw you, I saw you. <laughs> um, so getting cool. getting tweeted at by the mayor, the oh mayor of your gosh. city is like, okay, all right, the people are noticing. That's and, so cool. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna organize some um, uh, some seminars and trainings for kids on how to play at the uh, Salem Willows, which is a, a public park and arcade in town. Red. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. And if uh, anybody listening uh, uh, to this uh, is interested in reading that article, if you just type in Bo and Karen's Boston Globe, it, it pops right up. There you go. Because I just did it. <laughs> oh, I'm looking Yay. forward to reading that. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to, I guess it's nice to have a uniquely Googleable name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But having a weird name, is, it works out that way. Um, but when I was when I was a high school teacher, uh, that was a little bit of a liability because mm-hmm. your kids would come in and they would just they would already know about the pinball. And oh, yeah. first day they're like, "Oh, so tell us about this. Tell us about this. Tell us about that." You're like, shut up! <laughs> shut up! I'm not here for that. Well, they probably <laughs> not also my job. found out about who wants to be a millionaire pretty quickly too, huh? Well, that happened while I was teaching. Oh, okay. Uh, and so. Uh, one of my favorite teaching stories is uh, I had been sick with the flu for a week right before the millionaire happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found, I find out on Monday that I'm going to be on the show. The show tapes on Thursday. Uh, so I dragged myself back to school to teach, still pretty sick and, and having no voice uh, because I knew that I was going to have to take two days off right away. And you need permission to do anything that's like of a personal nature. You can't just... With, with when you're teach when you're a school teacher you don't get vacation time mm-hmm. you, you get sick time but you 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 get personal days that you can use so yeah you can't, can't really call like, out call sick, sick and then show up on you can't call in sick and they're like oh uh no i'm sorry i lied uh, yeah i'm on national <laughs> television <laughs> so i had to go in and get permission from the principal from the department head from uh, from a lot of people to just to, bear, to let them know I was doing this, and also to ask other teachers to be the phone a friend, where you you can oh, make a is. list of five of five people that you would want on call in case you get in the seat and you need their their help. So mm-hmm. I recruited a history teacher, an art teacher, a music teacher, That's an English teacher. Uh, being at a being at a high school was terrific for that. You yeah. know who the expert is, uh, but on that Tuesday I come in to my first class and I have to tell them that I'm only going to be there for two days. I'm going to go leave again and be out for two more days. And I just acted as though someone had died uh, (laughs) in my family. 
I was super somber, and I came in with first class. Like, all right, uh, yeah, you know, kids, I'm really sorry about this. I know that I've been out a while, and I appreciate all your patience with this. And one clueless tenth grader in the back of the room is like, "Hey, so where are you going, Mr. Karen?" <laughs> like, so I'm like, so I said, "Oh, uh, yeah, all right, um, yeah, I'm going to be on Who Wants to Be Millionaire." <laughs> and I said, "In the." the the most sarcastic way possible. <laughs> and the kid, the kid says, oh, all right, all right, I'm sorry. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah. So you told the truth, but, you know, no one believed you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. By, by three hours later, there had been enough buzz going around the school because I had told a couple of people. I told the principal. I told my department head. I told one or two teachers. And... Word travels fast, I guess, yeah. because by mid by the midday, a class would come in and they would already know. So the whole the whole rest of the day was shot. You can't teach any kid anything while they're <laughs> asking you questions about. Or what the kids would do is they would just pop. They would start popping me with random trivia. They're like, "Okay, you need to you need to learn all your oh, nursery nice. rhymes. Here are the nursery rhymes <laughs> you need to learn. <laughs> you know that Hawaii has 216 different little islands, and not just six big islands." Wow. You learn this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. They're so not, the tables were help. turned. None of that, none of that <laughs> helped at all. Although it was, it was fun. And then the kid that that kid that I told the truth to, came back at the at the very end of the day. He's <laughs> like, you lied to me. <laughs> I did not lie to you at all. He <laughs> simply chose to believe that I was lying right. to you <laughs> instead of believing that it was the truth. So it really, this is your fault. <laughs> Very nice for angling um, your way out of that. The whole thing, that whole that whole thing lasted one week. Um, wow. you, I found out I would get on the show on Monday, flew to New York on Wednesday, taped on Thursday, aired on Sunday, and then I was back to back to work and school on Monday. And again, it was wow. it was no, another zoo. Except this time, now everybody in the school wants to talk to you about it. Sure. So, <laughs> So I, I got to I got to figure realize like what what a celebrity goes through and then it went away. Um, so that was nice. It was <laughs> yeah right. You can go back to normal life after that. Well, like when you when you walk down the street and a guy rolls down the window at you and shouts, "That was a really hard question." <laughs> and then and then five minutes later, somebody points at you from across the street and shouts, "You suck." Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It, oh, first, so first at that point, at that point, you know you're living in Boston, and <laughs> you also like you're like okay, that was fun, but I kind of want this to stop now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I I feel like that's kind of just payback for you yelling at Todd McCullough all those years back. Yeah. He couldn't hear me. I was all the way in the back row, so too bad. For him. <laughs> he brings that up. He brings that up every time, and I, I've invited him to my workplace right. to, to yell at me, and he just he hasn't come yet. I don't really know why. Yeah, one of these days it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the question that that did you in? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, good. Uh-oh. I'm glad you've moved <laughs> on from out. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I, I'm just kidding. You're not going to forget that. No oh. one will ever. <laughs> um, the, the, you get to a level where the, the, the biggest question that I answered was the question for $32,000, which is a question where if you you get $32,000, you can't lose any any of it. It's mm-hmm. guaranteed. 
Um, so in that last question, before getting the $32,000, it was a choice between two, one right, one wrong answer. Um, and that's the picture on my IFPA profile. Yeah. Um, so if I pick the wrong one of those, I get $1,000. And if I pick the right one, I get $32,000. Oh, my gosh. Um, or I can give up, walk away with $16,000 guaranteed. Um, and it took me five minutes of sitting there deciding what to do. Um, and and I, afterwards, I was like, okay, they're going to edit all this down because it's boring. Right. And they did not. They, they, put, <laughs> they kept the entire five minutes of me bumpering and deciding and oh, man. begging for help that wasn't there, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> uh, cracking dumb jokes. I just And uh, it was really fun. Um, and then the next question, the next quote, very next question, they asked me about uh, an author named James Mishner, hmm. uh, who wrote all these uh, historical biographies of, of places. And they asked, all right, of these four, of these four state names, which of them is not the title of one of his books? Oh, um, and I had no friggin' clue. <laughs> <laughs> but at sixty-four thousand, you can guess for free. And there's no chance of you won't lose any money by getting it wrong. So you mm-hmm. guess. Sure. It turns out I, I I guessed his most famous book. Oh no. Uh, so so now like three days later, two or three different people are each giving me a copy of that book just so that you know. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. oh thank you now you now you tell me. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> well, I, I just pulled up your IFPA account because I, I wanted to know what that question was where you broke it down to 50-50. Um, and it, if you don't mind, I'd like to say my guess, and t- please tell me if it's right uh, for this question about the epitaph. W.C. Fields, B? Well, why, why do you think that's it? Why? 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 Because, because <laughs> it sounds like his uh, sense of humor. Yeah. He's very quippy. And, uh, final answer? Final answer. Uh, that is correct. Yes. You got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I guess um, he was either from Philadelphia or spent a lot of time there and just hated it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so anytime while he was, something bad was going on, one of his lines would be, at least I'm not in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, there it is. On his epitaph, he wanted, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. But... <laughs> me i didn't know any of this so what i was going on is exactly what you said the sense of what type of comedian these people were Mm. and having felt like i heard the phrase before i could sort of sound out what it what it felt like it sounded like in my head but you're making an educated guess and you're you're just kind of hoping not to screw it up i think that was one of the things i think is amazing about millionaire as a show compared to say other shows like jeopardy is that the just that stakes of it you get one question wrong, you're you're out, mm-hmm. you're gone, you never get to play again. Uh, where on Jeopardy, you get one question wrong, you're like, okay, you lose four hundred dollars. Guess again. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and that makes it. I think that makes. I I actually I work part time on uh, mathematics at game shows, um, and one of the things that makes a show very compelling are these moments of high drama, but also drama where a viewer can look at it and go like. Oh, if I if it were me, I would do this, mm-hmm. and so that they can follow along in the in in the same way that the contestant does. Yeah, I've heard stories of people that just um, spend 
the good portion of their lives trying to get on like wheel of fortune and they'll keep pens in their hands and click while they're or sorry on jeopardy and they'll just like click the pens when the buzzer is open and just practice 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 being on jeopardy so well it might work for them i, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's it's fun I, I it's fun to be on tv i'm sure um i guess one of the things that was interesting to me about millionaires is or any any competition really is people were focused a lot on things that were out of their control like how many people are going to be watching or how much mm-hmm. money they were playing for or and for me getting ready to play this was in the era of millionaire where you had 10 people and only one person was going to get to play the game by answering the, the question with the four things and put them in the right order um all that you can control is to put the four things in the right order as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And so focusing on that and just trying to distract yourself as much as possible. I have a, I have a tape of the show at home and like in the five seconds before the question appears, I'm actually kind of like singing something and dancing a little bit <laughs> uh, because I don't want to think about anything. Right. I don't want to think about the million dollars. I don't want to think about the TV show. I don't want to think about embarrassing myself. I want to think about putting four things in the right order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that having been a competitive player already in pinball, right. without that without that understanding of, of the psychology of the big moments, uh, I think that I would not have succeeded in, uh, when, in getting in that seat. I would have had the same reaction that a lot of the people who were there were. Mm-hmm. That's a really good segue because I was just going to ask you how your experiences in high-level tournament plays uh, compared to being on Millionaire. Did you yell at yourself to play better when you got questions wrong? <laughs> well, you only get one question wrong. So, That's true. But, yeah. uh, yes, I, I did actually get to yell at myself for about 20 minutes because uh, <laughs> on Millionaire, you, you, get, you, get, you may get more than one chance to do the, to do the four things in order. And the first question was about 90s cartoon shows. It was really, like, ideally suited for what I know. Mm-hmm. And I knew it right away. I typed it in, and then I realized I screwed it up while I was typing it in. I typed in the mm-hmm. wrong thing. Uh, and so for 20 minutes, I got to sit there watching another guy win $125,000. Oh, man. And go like, well, if this is my story, oh, God. I can't remember which corner is supposed to be B and which one is supposed to be C, and it and I lose. Um, and you know, I think that the moral of that towards competitive play is people go on like, "Oh, I had a bad drain, I had a bad ball, this, this thing happened, blah blah blah." Now I can't play. Well, no, shut up. <laughs> your your next ball is still there unless right. you're unless you're already eliminated. It's already over then suck it up and go back and continue to play. And what you can do is you can react to what happened and know, all right, the next time I have to be very, I have to be more careful with these button presses. I have to be certain that I know which one it is and I'll be slower, but I'll probably still be faster than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for pinball, you drain, you go like, why did I just drain? Instead of going like F this game. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, I also think one other thing about competitive play is you 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 can learn that information about everyone else as well while mm-hmm. you're playing if you're paying enough attention to what they did that you can then say all right these are the things that people are screwing up 
They're missing shots to the right. They're not looking at the left out lane, which is really wide open. They're, this kickout is weird. All of those things are information that you can use to win with, but most I don't think a lot of players are looking for that information. They're too focused on their own their own performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can stop, or step the, back, or the or the the positive performance of another or of an opponent. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh look at that! Again. Oh, there's another jackpot. Oh, it's not gonna be me. Yeah. <laughs> you just start thinking uh, about the mountain to climb. Yeah. Sure. But none of that matters. If you yeah. go like, okay, I've got to beat twenty million then that's fine. If, if someone just told you that, you you wouldn't care. But you actually got to watch the person put up right. 20 million right in front of you. So if I'm watching my opponent play, I want to see the feeds. I want to see their flipper choices. I want to see whether the bounce, whether they can dead bounce, whether they can live catch. Um, all of those, are, that's what I'm looking for. And, and then if I feel like I've, I've learned enough, I'm going to stop watching. Uh, because it's no, there's no more information for me to learn, and all that can happen from there is just me being pissed off at them being good. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, once you've seen once of, one of every shot, then there's really not much more, unless they get into a multi-ball, I guess. And you can see how they handle that, but that's your goal is to get to that multi-ball anyway. So. Yep. I don't know if that helped. Uh, if that was what you were asking. Like, no, yeah, definitely. That was absolutely helpful. That was insightful. Uh, well, um, I think we have one. I have one more question yeah, for please, you. I go wanted, for it. We were playing Red and Ted's Roadshow the other day, and I have no idea why you buy souvenirs. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> um, you buy souvenirs because they're awesome. No. Um, <laughs> so, but it takes away is, your points if you're in tournament play, yeah? Yes, but there is a list of a match between individual souvenirs and specific cities. Uh, so, for example, there is a pennant, and the pennant is associated with, I want to say, Chicago. Okay. Uh, there is a, um, uh, like, a sunglasses, or some of them are really obvious. The most mm-hmm. obvious one is salt shakers. What city is associated with salt shakers? <laughs> salt Lake City. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, if you travel to the city that is attached to the souvenir you get 10 million points at the end of the ball okay in so, your bonus so it could really be 60 million because it can be up to 6x bonus nice yeah okay that makes sense yeah that's uh, that's that's, good that's it so but but in order to do this you have to you have to learn like which which souvenir matches up with which city mm-hmm. um and some of them are i i remember all the obvious ones Fool's Gold is Denver because that's the sure. or but it's whichever no Denver Denver is the gold rush round, um, and like baggy shorts is Seattle I think. For <laughs> is it really? <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. There's a list online of which ones which, and cool. um, so the only the, you do lose your points, but then if you're going to hit that city, or if you already did hit that city earlier in the game, oh then absolutely you, buy. You would buy it because. You're going to buy. You're basically buying 10 million, and you're buying 10 million that repeats over and over again every ball for the rest. Oh, that's of the game. awesome. Uh, so usually, I would suggest if you're not certain, just buy everything. <laughs> uh, there's also Albuquerque, and Albuquerque allows you to sell back the things you bought at a higher rate. Okay. So you can just sell back all your stuff and get paid instead of holding on to it for the bonus. But usually it's still actually better to hold on to stuff 
for the 10 millions. Mm-hmm. Um, you get free souvenirs from skill shots also. Um, but it was, it was kind of a, a neat little itemy thing that, uh, I want to say Dwight Sullivan put into, uh, Roadshow. He's the, the programmer of whodunit and other games like that okay. and junkyard. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you think about like the style yeah. of those items, that item style carried over into, uh, into that. Dwight's also responsible for the artifacts on Star Trek Next Gen and the, the, the new, um, metals that are in the new Star Trek. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the things he programs in the games are like these little, these little ancillary goals or, yeah. um, the types of things you might see in, in, even in collection games, like, like lot machine games or, uh, Facebook games. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of a nice, nice little bonus. Um, I think it may have been a little too complicated because there are what, 18 cities. So if you're really going to yeah. learn all of that, you have, you have all this extra information to learn that doesn't help you play better pinball. It's just information. And some games are like that. There are games where this weird, dumb information matters a lot. Like on right. NBA like, fast break. Right. Like the trivia know, section on that. People know more pinball players know more about the 1996 NBA season than yeah. almost anybody <laughs> else in the world. Right. Because they need it to earn 10 points. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I used to know this, I used to know the, the code for the video mode doors in tales from the crypt. Oh, I yeah. still, I still know the. I still know the codes for um, Star Trek Next Gen because that one just comes mm-hmm. up so often, uh, and it's not hard to remember because it's short. But well, those are things that they don't really help you play better pinball. Right. But then they can help you win, win games that you might not otherwise have. Well, tonight we're going to be talking to two of our friends about virtual pinball and how that kind of helps learn rule sets. So it's fun to like transition from video mode in like physical pinball to virtual pinball in the. Yeah, mock fake or mock physical. <laughs> hey, do you mean things like uh, do you mean things like pinball arcades? Yes, exactly. yes. Or, okay. And like yeah, uh, pinball FX and all that. Yeah, I found I found people like at least at least you get you get the sense of the value of a ball and mm-hmm. some of the, some of the physics and decision making. I think that there's. You can you can get too caught up in it, and also those games. The biggest difference between them and regular pinball is those games are built for marathoners. Like mm-hmm. the kick, the kick out on Twilight Zone on on that game is on the, the pinball arcade is the easiest kick out right. you'll ever see. It's going to be you that can, same way the entire time that you play. Use the same way every time, or you can hold up the right flipper and bring it to a catch. You can bounce over the left flipper and bring it to a catch. You could do a flip away and it'll work. Uh, it's a dream, a dream kick out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I've I've really seen that that deliberately puts in variation like that is the pro pinball from uh, uh, what's the name? They were oh gosh, the people who made Time Shock. Um, I can't remember what the name of the company is now because oh, they changed the name. The series used to be called Pro Pinball, and Time Shock, like their kickouts, there would be a deliberate variance in the strength and, and direction of the kick out. Hmm. So you wouldn't be sure exactly how it was going to bounce every time. Sometimes a bounce over would be deadly. Sometimes you could hold up the flipper and get it. Other times it would, it would roll off. 
Yeah, that's way better. Uh, and, and, and it was much more realistic. But the reaction from the general fan of the game was, was negative. Hmm. They're like, why is it doing that? It shouldn't be doing that. Like, well, that, that that's the physical play. That's mm-hmm. Like moonwalks. Imagine someone playing pinball arcade or Zen pinball and the ball pops out of the, off a ramp into the out lane. Yeah, right. <laughs> They'll be rip shit. They'll be like, this game is broken. It cheated me. Like, mm-hmm. Well, you don't get to say that about real pinball only because you actually <laughs> see this thing happen right in front of you. It just happens. If yeah. the, that same thing happened on a virtual game, uh, you you just like what what the hell? I've mm-hmm. seen. I I saw one time a player hit the ball into the snack bar for jackpot on creature and have it bounce back out of the snack bar. Oh, like man. it went in the hole, did something, and then next thing you know, it's back out of the hole, coming back at you through the snack bar. No jackpot. <laughs> oh geez, it I didn't even register how, that. It didn't even register. I don't know how it happened. I could, I can't believe it happened, but it did. It's right there. And without that, like that would happen to Jim Belcito in a tie break game oh, against man. me and uh, Papa. And without that, I don't win Papa. Whatever, wow. some years ago. Yeah, that's the crazy nature of the silver ball. It does not, you know, it just does what it wants. We also much more easily remember things that, the ways we got screwed by those things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The ways we somehow miraculously bailed out on something. <laughs> um, For sure. And I don't know why that is. Maybe not everybody's like that, but I think I think everybody is. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly am. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking with us. I think we're going to wrap this up here shortly, uh, but I want to ask you just, um, you were just in Seattle uh, just a couple months ago, right? Uh, and you, you certainly travel around a lot for tournaments and are super active. Is there any particular event or game or destination that you're really excited about this year coming up? Well, my, my schedule is usually set by... Uh, other work travel. So in case in case of coming to Seattle, I was already coming to Seattle for a work conference. Um, I only get to travel maybe two or three times a year for uh, for just just for pinball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll be running uh, replay effects for the second time now. And I'm I'm very excited for some of the things we're we're going to be doing for the second replay effects that are not yet announced. Uh, there are things in the works to, to make it a more inclusive convention than it has been. Uh, and uh, I, just things for things for families, things for people who aren't pinball players, things for just the community. And it, it really, I hope this thing grows into a, a major convention. Um, I don't want to see, I, I don't, it's not going to be like taxed with a hundred thousand people, but right. uh, it's, it's something where I think, there, we want it to be friendly, fun, uh, competitive, but for a very wide audience. And the the thing that Replay Effects can do that Papa and the other events of of Pinball can't do is get an exposure to lots of new players, people who've never played a pinball machine before, but might come in because they know that there's going to be Donkey Kong, and they know that there's going to be a an obstacle course for their kids. And then they come over and they play some pinball and they're like, wow, oh mm-hmm. crap. Um, that's what needs to happen. I feel in order for the, the community to continue growing over, Absolutely. over time, the, 
the growth in Seattle, the growth in, in the Pacific Northwest has been astounding. Uh, mm-hmm. But yet there are still so many people, even in those communities, who have never touched a machine before. Mm-hmm. And they're just and their players so what, waiting what, to be activated. What ways can we bring new people to even discover pinball in the first place? And replay effects and some of the other outreach. There is uh, just one way of many ways of trying to grow this. And I think we're losing you. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your voice started like straining out a little bit. But know. Oh, That Sucks came in nice and clear oh. at least. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, replay effects. It'll be my first year coming out this year. And I can't wait. Well, it'll be bigger than last year. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll have to talk to you more. Uh, there, about... uh, Go ahead. I think that I think that, and just the the quality of of the players' quality has just grown so much, even in the last three years. It's uh, it's amazing. Excited for what's possible. Word. Absolutely. Word. Well, when that comes, when we get closer to that, we, we should uh, chat with you again here on the podcast. All right. Anytime. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, Bone. Take care. Good night. Good night. All right. That was nice. Yeah. Cool. He uh, likes to talk. That's great. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs>